Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444 Wednesday, February 3rd. Today on the show, we'll visit with Buck Rising to talk about expectations for the Titans in 2021. We will get a quick basketball update from across the state of Tennessee, but we begin with the artist formerly known as National Signing Day. The 440 is built by the Kingston Group, Nashville's award-winning custom home and remodeling firm. Game plans are a pretty basic part of sports and life. For big major decisions, you need some semblance of a game plan. Like the Titans' defense all of last year, some of life's plans can be super complicated, like building a custom home or doing a major remodel. There are a million moving parts, budget, design, mechanical, electrical, plumbing, trim, finishes, on and on and on and on and on. But unlike the Titans' defense, this is where the Kingston Group shines. They take an incredibly complex process and they simplify it down so that you don't have to worry about any of it. Because the game plan they've been using for over a decade in Nashville works. The Kingston Group aligns their process with your vision so that there are no surprises. Check out their work at buildkg.com. That's buildkg.com is the website. The Kingston Group, craftsmanship and care. Today is National Signing Day, a former holiday for us college football nerds. And the science is in. The world is in fact round, climate change is real, and recruiting rankings matter. But maybe not how you think. With 92% of the blue chip prospects, those rated four stars are better by 24-7 sports, having already signed in December, this normally chaotic first Wednesday in February is even more anticlimactic today than ever before. The early signing period is now just the signing period. Gone are the days of bizarre signing day antics, live animals, and forged signatures. And outside of an extraordinarily small group of elite superstars, like Trevor Lawrence or Vince Young or Tim Tebow, individual player rankings are still a wildly inexact science. But one fact remains, and it is the single most important piece of information you need to understand about college football recruiting. You have to be in the top 15 of the national team rankings to compete for the national championship. On average, over a five-year period, your recruiting classes have to be in the top 15, period. Basically, the last team to win the Natty without being an elite recruiting team is Georgia Tech and Colorado's split championship in 1990. You know, before the internet or 150-foot chocolate waterfalls and billion-dollar television contracts. Just look at the recent data. 28 teams have made the college football playoff in seven years of the event. Of those 28, only two of them didn't recruit in the top 15 on average over the previous five cycles. 2015 Michigan State's class average was 29th. And 2016, Washington's class average was 25th. Those two teams lost by a combined 62-7 to in their two playoff games. They were and are incredible outliers in terms of recruiting prowess, and it showed on the field. Furthermore, of those 28 teams, 18 of them were ranked in the top 10. And all but one of the seven national champions has been ranked in the top 10 as well. Clemson, in 2016, when Deshaun Watson did Deshaun Watson things to beat Alabama in the final minute, is the only one that was not ranked in the top 10, and they were ranked 12th. So in conclusion, what have we learned about National Signing Day? That any one individual recruit likely isn't worth the trouble of worrying about, outside of the Tua's of the world. Really, the most important thing you need to know about college football recruiting is that you have to be, on average, in the top 15 nationally to compete for a national championship. And even then, you really need to be in the top 10. This is how you should be following recruiting, not tweeting teenagers about what sweatshirt they wore at their high school basketball game last night. But just, you know, how's my team and my coaching staff doing overall relative to the rest of college football? If after the dust has settled on any class, you want to go one more layer, 
did we get the quarterback we needed in this class? Did we restock a particular position of need? Did we do well within our home recruiting territory? Generally, this is the six-hour radius around your campus. Then go for it. Those elements are obviously important. But even then, individual rankings are still extremely volatile. Team rankings are not. Can an Iowa State or a Wisconsin or a North Carolina challenge for a conference championship with classes ranked outside of the top 15? Eh, maybe. But none of those teams have come close to sniffing the national championship. No, to win the national title, you need a lot of things. Great coaching, great development, definitely some luck, and obviously great players. And now that likely includes a great quarterback as well. So remember, just because you have great players doesn't automatically make you a great team. But there is no such thing as a great team without great players. So Titans Twitter has spent the better part of the last week expressing their opinions about Mike Vrabel's decisions to promote from within for both the offensive and defensive coordinator positions. The overwhelming sentiment is that fans are cautiously optimistic about continuity on offense with Todd Downing and curiously concerned, to put it mildly, about maintaining status quo on defense with Shane Bowen. Even the players' outward affection for Downing in the media and on the socials dwarfs that of Bowen's. The radio silence on behalf of Bowen from the players is noticeable. Certainly, that is a large bit of speculation, but it's worth noting. So let's go back to Buck Rising of A to Z Sports to get his opinions on exactly what expectations should be for this Titans team in 2021. And is Mike Vrabel just being stubborn with these two decisions? Hell yes. I mean, how many times does Mike Vrabel have to show you who he is before you people start believing him? Like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the thing that's most inexplicable to me is that Mike Vrabel continuously shows you what his personality is, shows you how he's going to go about his business. And if he believes it to be the right decision, then he's going to stay the course. With these two changes, what are expectations reasonably for this team heading into 2021? You've got the best quarterback situation in the division if Deshaun uh, Watson ends up getting traded. And even then, you probably still have the best situation because your quarterback's happy and the other guy is not. Uh, the expectation should be to continue to uh, compete for the division and to correct the defense because if you, just, if you get just a little better than 29th overall, you're going to be a contender. Defense does not matter the way people want to make it matter even as you cannot have an abhorrently bad defense, a historically bad defense, as the Titans did, your offense still slaps, for lack of a better term. Even if you lose Corey Davis and Jonu Smith, you'll be able to produce if you don't screw the thing up, which is honestly why I'm more skeptical of the Todd Downing promotion than I am of Shane Bowen. A couple of interesting notes here from Buck. First, as it pertains to Vrabel being stubborn, my biggest question is more about Dean Pease than actually Shane Bowen. Had Vrabel actually offered Pease the defensive coordinator role, would he have come back and taken the job? If the answer to that question is yes, then I think it's a major mistake by the entire Titans organization not to bring back Dean Pease. But only Pease and Vrabel truly know the answer to that question. Vrabel is who he is. It's not really a big deal because winning cures everything and any personality quirk any coach may have with the media and with the fans and with the players can be fixed with success. But what it does, however, is trim your margin for error. If you're going to be standoffish or stubborn or just generally ornery about everything, then people are simply not going to cut you any breaks or any slack. That's just how this game works. Secondly, Buck's point about being more skeptical with Downing than with Bowen is interesting. I do not share his sentiment. However, I might just be skeptical of both moves, to be honest with you. I mean, how many times can you promote from within and just expect greatness? But I do share his belief that 
quote-unquote defense wins championships moniker as a winning NFL ethos is certainly fading. You cannot be atrocious, as he stated, but you also don't need to be a top-five defense either if you've got the offense to score. You don't need to dominate on defense. You just need to get timely stops, you know, like on third down or in the red zone. The same is true at the highest levels of college football now, too. Offense is in charge of big-time football in this country right now, and the best coaches know it. Sure, your defense needs to do just enough and make just enough plays to give you a chance, but your offense now is what can win you a championship. So all Bowen and Vrabel have to do is improve marginally, and this team not only should repeat as AFC South champs, but could easily make a deep playoff run. The questions, though, still remain. Is Bowen capable of making those improvements? Having a full regular offseason would help. A full preseason certainly would help, too. And so, of course, will, ideally, John Robinson adding some new pieces to the defense. But Shane Bowen and Mike Rabel still have to put them all into place, deploy them appropriately, and teach them to play fast and physical. And again, if they can just marginally improve and be middle of the pack in the NFL next season, this team can make a run at an AFC championship. If not, we'll know pretty clearly that Shane Bowen is not the answer. Here's your quick basketball update from the state of Tennessee. The Volunteers moved from a five seed to a three seed, according to Joe Lenardi, after Saturday's domination of Kansas. Well, any chance of moving up to the two line or even holding firm as a three seed might have disappeared on Tuesday night. The Vols coughed up a double-digit lead in the second half on the road against Ole Miss and ended up losing 52-50. The same offensive issues that have plagued this team over the last month came storming back to cost UT a road victory. Tennessee went five full minutes without a point and went from up seven points with nine minutes to play to down three points with less than four minutes to play, and they never really recovered. It was the first win by Ole Miss over a ranked opponent in two years. Meanwhile, Tennessee's arch rival and opponent on Saturday, Kentucky, moved their midweek game against number 18 Missouri to Wednesday night due to COVID. Additionally, Vanderbilt had to postpone its game with Texas A&M on Wednesday night already due to COVID, so we are just in wait-and-see mode with both Big Blue Nation and the Commodores. Out west, the Grizzlies fell 134-116 to the Pacers and snapped their seven-game winning streak. They look tired from the tip and are in the middle of a pretty heavy stretch of games following all the COVID postponements. Things don't slow down, however, though, with games on Thursday, Saturday, and Monday for Memphis. John Morant finished with just 10 points and 5 assists on just 2 of 10 shooting in 29 minutes. Of course he did that the night after I got done spewing takes about his greatness on Twitter. Ugh, The 440 is built by the Kingston Group, Nashville's award-winning custom home and remodeling firm. So let me give you guys some quick insight into how my marriage works. My wife is a big-time planner. She's the idea person. She comes up with the big concepts. I'm the doer. I execute. She's ownership. I'm the general manager. And we like everything to be carefully processed and analyzed on the front end, especially if you're going to spend a whole lot of money on something, like, say, a new home or major remodel. And you know who else is like this? The Kingston Group. Except they will do all of that heavy lifting for you. And this is what the Kingston Group does. They align their process with your vision. I'll let their work do the talking, though. Go check out their stuff at buildkg.com. That's buildkg.com. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler. William Tyler.